for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. This is your next step. I am Pastor Doug. With me is Pastor Doyle. Pastor Doyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Welcome to this uh, broadcast. Yes, and welcome to the new year. We're still in the uh, early days of the year. And it's, it is, as you said yesterday, it's a great time to reflect. It's a great time to renew. Yep. And one of the things we learned from the early church is that prayer is a part of that. Yeah, what I love about the early church is they did things together. It's mm-hmm. why we invite you to get a prayer partner. Yes. We invite you to learn to to pray together, to read your Bible together, because this is what we see. In the New Testament, it says that um, the ministry was growing, and they had all these widows to take care of, and they had a, they had a debate. Should we have the, the apostles uh, teaching the Word and praying, or should we have them feeding the widows? And they made the decision, no, they've got to stick with prayer and mm-hmm. teaching the Word, And so they got these young men to come help them feed. And so it's not about stopping doing a ministry. No, it's about delegating it so that the ministry could grow. And what we know is if you will practice the ACTS method of prayer, it's it's our free resource this month, if you'll begin to practice this method, it'll help you grow spiritually, and and God will bless you. So the early church, we're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about how the early church prayed, Mm -hmm. and then we want to talk about adoration. So when when you talk about your daughter, because you love your daughter, oh, yes. mm-hmm. what do you adore about your daughter? Oh, just about everything. That's right. I, I mean, you know, the the way she looks, the way she talks, the way she has her little interests that she pursues. You probably don't adore the way she cleans her room. No. But you adore other things. And exactly. see, that's what adoration is, you know. And we're going to learn today about how to adore God, how to lean into that relationship, and just tell Him how much we're thankful for Him. And that is something that will change your life. So we're so glad you're here once again on Your Next Step. We are going back to Pray First, the Acts Method. The person is what's more important than the outfit. Address it. Address the person that you're talking to. Say, God, you made this world look beautiful. God, you've given us air and water and life. You've given us every resource that we need as human beings for life. And God, I thank you. See, they're recognizing God's place. Verse 28, they did What your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. They're praying about their enemies, okay? Notice this. When they pray about their enemies, they're not praying that their enemies would disappear. They said, God, we recognize that the enemies that you've created for us somehow are going to work out. You're good in my life. That is is an uncommon worldview. See, that's the biblical worldview. See, the Bible invites you to believe that God is working even when things are not going the way you want them to. Verse 21, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Huh. Stretch out your hand 
to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken and they were all filled, say filled, filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So the New Testament church, the book of Acts was a church filled. So what were they filled with? Well, clearly the context in the scripture says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But we also know that they were filled with boldness. We also know that they were filled with people. We know that they were filled with miracles. We know that they were filled with new believers. Because on on, uh, Pentecost, 3,000 were added to their number that day. We also know that they were filled with words of life. That was their prayer. Their prayer wasn't, God, shut down our enemies, bind our enemies. No, their prayer was, God, give us boldness to speak here. Who were their enemies? They were literally their cousins, their brothers, their family members. They were Jewish people. Their enemies carried the same DNA. Their enemies were were people that they had spent their life in that community with. They didn't want them to, to experience harm. What they wanted them to experience was the transforming power of the living God that raised Christ from the dead, that they might experience it too. So you and I, we live in a world where there are people that think you are their enemy because you came to church today. How will you pray for them? Pray that God will give you boldness and courage and the right words to speak so that they might see you are not their enemy. You love the ungodly. You you love them because you know the pain and the sorrow and the anguish of a life without Jesus. You've lived it. Either you've walked in it or you've wandered from him or you've seen it from a distance. You know it. And see, you and I, the reason we practice the Acts method of prayer is because we see that our place, it puts us in a, in a place of humility. It puts us in a place of need. It puts us in a place of recognizing that God is the authority in my life. And so you go before me and say, God, I just want you to know before I begin this day, I adore you that I couldn't live my life without you. God, you're the creator of the universe. You created me within my mother's womb. I I didn't deserve to live, yet you did. What did David say in Psalm 51? He said, "You, you knew me from within my mother's womb and you knew the sinfulness of my heart. See, when you and I go before God, we know that he created us and and, and that that, that he created us, but yet the world in which we live is is twisted, broken, and harmed. And only through a, a reconnection with him can this world be healed, transformed. So our first step in prayer is, and if you, if you just learn this method, what you'll do is when you take time to pray, you'll say, Lord, I just want to begin by adoring you. I, I want to begin with, with recognizing your authority and your power in my life, God. I want you to know that, that uh, the day that's ahead of me, if you're praying in the morning, you say, God, that the day that's ahead of me, that you are greater than anything that I'll face today. That God, I I appreciate you because you have the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that I need for today because you are a wise guy. See, you're putting God in his place and you're putting yourself in, in your place. This is what our world says. Our world says to you and I, you don't need God. There's a power within you that will overcome the world. Baloney, baloney. The only power within you 
is selfish, acidic, and it will destroy you and everyone around you because it is your nature to be self-centered and harmful. Only can a relationship with God overcome that acidic, sinful nature and give you love to bubble up and come out of you. Begin with God's authority and power. In Psalm 100, verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Look around you, all right? God will be faithful to everyone in this room. God will be faithful no matter if you're 20 or if you're 25 or you're 45 or you're 85. It doesn't matter. God is faithful to all the generations. He's not picked one over the other. He, he, he loves us all. That's good news. That's very good news. Matthew 6, 9 and 10, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, this is what he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed just means holy is your name. God, you are perfect. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, by, by addressing God as a holy God, as saying, God, I recognize that you are far from me, even though you're far from me, I want you to be near. That's why you invite him here. I want your kingdom to come. We, we know that God is far from us, but yet we feel his presence and his nearness as we adore him and we think about him and we look at the nature around us and, and we look at the beauty of what's going on in the world around us. That's why you take a nature walk, okay? It reminds you that, that this did not just happen on its own. It had a designer. It has purpose. God wants to meet the needs of your life. We'll talk more about the Lord's Prayer as we, we go on. The next section, okay, we adore God, then we've got to confess. Why do you have to do that? Well, it's a relationship. And, and the reason that you, that you get it on the table, you say, listen, God, I've got to be honest. I, I've offended the relationship. God, I, this week, I took, your, I took your word lightly, or God, I, I took a relationship that you brought into my life lightly, and I didn't speak kindly to that person, and, and you designed me, you designed me for relationship, and I harmed relationship, and God, I just want to confess to you, I'm sorry, I, I was wrong. See, confession cleans up the relationship. Now, at times, you have to admit what you've done wrong, and other times, you have to provide forgiveness or ask for forgiveness in a relationship. Well, when, when it comes to you and God, God isn't wrong. All right. But we feel like God is wrong. God, why did you do that to me? I've been angry at you, God, all week long. That's confession. See, God does allow difficulty in our lives. That's why we looked at Acts Peter and John, they knew that they lived in a world that opposed them. Do not be surprised that the world around you opposes you. Because the nature of this world is ungodly in its nature. That's what sin did to it. So every day, you and I are kind of at war. And the reason, the reason we have to do this confession part is because we, we get into what's going on in this world. Psalm 32, 3 through 5, David teaches us to confess our sins. When I, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. 
Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So what David plants for us, if if you're kind of achy, have you confessed your sin lately? If you're having trouble sleeping at night, one possible connection could be you need to confess something to God. See, God designed you. Can, can I be honest with you? I know people who turn the TV on, they leave the TV on or the radio on or something on in order to, to wear them out, to fall asleep because they don't want their brain, their soul, to address what's troubling them. If you'll practice adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, you can clean up your soul so you can sleep at night. Because see, what you do is you lay your head on your pillow and say, Lord, I thank you that I've confessed all my sin to you. I've, uh, God, I'm clean. And I trust you to help me sleep tonight. That sleep comes from you and rest comes from you. You designed me for rest and I receive it from you right now. We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So, Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the ACTS method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at doylejackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to doylejackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. I want to give you three, I'm going to give you five things really quickly. I taught it last night, but I'm going to do it really quickly. Five things that we have to confess because of the current trend in our culture right now. Number one is secularism. This is what secularism says. Secularism says there is no God. And and the reason this is important is you and I, we, we've become weaker in our faith because we've, we've buy in to what the rest of the world says. If, I mean, I'm, I'm not against the TV show Big Bang Theory. It's a funny show. What I'm telling you is, do not worship science. It will let you down. Okay? 
Second trend in our culture right now is relativism. There is no truth. And so, so what we do is we don't need God. The Big Bang Theory gave birth to young Sheldon. Young Sheldon grows up in an evangelical home, but he thinks he's smarter than his parents, so he doesn't need them. And so God becomes relative in this worldview. You begin to believe that you're so intelligent, you don't have to follow the training and the teachings of the generations before. See, relativism and this idea that, that I can choose for myself has broken families apart on a spiritual level. You see, you, you say, well, what does this have to do with confession? You may need to say to God, God, I've, I've been soaked in, in a secular society that says there is no God. Forgive me. I know that you're the living God. God, I've, be, I've been beginning to believe the lie that truth, truth can, can scurry around like a cat. It can move around the room. Truth cannot move around like that. Third is selfism. I'm all that matters. And if you've begun to believe that you're more important than everybody else, you're, you're part of our culture. Next is materialism. The more stuff I have, the happier I'll be. Do you need to go to God and say, God, I've, I've been looking to my happiness and stuff and more inquiring of things and, and more education and more degrees and, and more, you name it. And then finally, mysticism. And our culture now is redefining reality. They, they believe that there are some sort of, there, there are these truths and principles outside, outside of reality that you can look to. And it, it's, it's a mystic approach to life. And I'm telling you, if, if, I've, if, I've, if I've begun to, to drift into these five cultural trends, it will harm you spiritually. You want to go to God and say, God, forgive me. I'm, I'm part of a culture. I didn't realize this was going on in my life. Confess it. Do what David did. You'll be set free, all right? 1 John 1, 8 and 9, if we confess, no, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Sin must be addressed honestly. You have to go before God and say, God, I sin. You have to be willing just to address that. And if, if there's a problem that's plaguing American Christianity, I can only speak to American Christianity because of living here, it's that we're lying to God. We're beginning to say that certain things are not sins. We're beginning to imagine that we have progressed beyond the Scripture and that, you know, well, I, I'm just doing my own thing. It seemed right to me. That's relativism. See, we have to confess that. The, 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 the idea that I can, anyone can, can abandon God's ways and live a healthy life is dangerous. Okay? This is why the Bible says that sexuality is to be within the confines of a husband and wife in a committed covenant relationship. Now, our, our world is telling you right now that sexuality is for your pleasure, and, and no, it, it, that's part of that relationship. But see, we've, we've tried to devoid it. We've tried to separate it from true relationship. And so we have to confess the sins, okay? And you know what your sins are. If you've been participating in things that are ungodly, confess them, all right? The next, the next area is what we call thanksgiving, 
And I want to redefine Thanksgiving for you because most of the time what we do is we say Thanksgiving is when I say, God, thank you for what you've already done for me. And I don't believe that's inappropriate. That's gratefulness. That's gratitude. And you want to say, God, thank you for what you're doing to me. But what I, what I see when I read Scripture, when I read Jesus and the believers there, they were thanking God for what the Holy Spirit is doing. Ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? And you thank God for that. Are you aware of what God's Spirit is leading you to and directing you to? Let me give you some examples from Jesus' life. In Matthew chapter 15, it's also repeated in, in, in Mark 8 and John 6, Jesus is meeting by the shore of Galilee, and he's got a large group of people there, and he's going to feed them loaves and fishes. He takes a little boy's lunch, his happy meal, and he prays over it, and everybody gets blessed. Now, most people, most people, they read that, and then they take out of that, I need to pray over every meal I receive. That's not a bad interpretation, okay? But what if you look at it from the perspective that Jesus hasn't done the miracle yet, but he says, God, I thank you that you're about to do a miracle and you're going to do something not just for me, but for all of them. Huh. See, begin to thank God in advance for moving and revealing himself to the people around him. Do you think the kingdom of God came into that crowd of people that day when they received lunch? I do. See, I believe. And so it says that he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. So just, just, just as an idea, okay, begin to thank God before you gather for church. <laughs> begin to thank God before you go to school, before you go to work. Begin to thank God and say, God, I know that this is the day that you have made. I thank you for it, Right? And today you're taking me, right now, you and I, we're thanking God for the new year. All right? Let me give you another example from Jesus. Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. He said, see, Jesus was recognizing what God was about to do, and he was thankful that God is about to do something. And what you want to begin to do is say, well, God... Uh, I know that you've opened this door for me. Let's say, let's say you're young and you've been praying for an invite to a date and you finally get your evening. So God, I thank you that you're going to work in this evening. Now, this is, listen, this evening is either going to go one way or another, right? It's a first date. It's going to either work to another date or it's over. Are you going to thank God in advance that it's the end of something or the beginning of something, but that God is working in this? See, do you have the ability to believe that God is working every day in your life and begin to believe that God wants great things to happen in your life? Luke 22, 17 through 20. And this is repeated in the other gospels because it's about the Passover and what you and I call communion. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. When you and I come to communion, we are thankful because what God has done, but we're also thankful for what God is doing and going to do. So we enter into communion with thanksgiving. And the reason this is important is is it's central to Christianity. Communion is one of those things, I think it's wonderful if you take communion at home by yourself. Some people have never done that. I think it's totally appropriate for you to sit with the Lord and say, God, I thank you that, 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 that you died for me. And you could spend an hour just around the communion cup at home. Uh, be good stuff. Be good for a marriage. Be good for a family. Okay? But the majority of the time, the context of Scripture implies it's when the church, God's community, gathers. Okay? I'm not saying the other is inappropriate. Some would tell you that. I, I disagree with them. Okay? But, but see, the, the reason that in a couple weeks we're going to start a new series called The Church Is, is because the church has not taken seriously this, this bond that we have as the body of the believers. In 1 Corinthians, it tells us when they, when they took, take communion, he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread, this is verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord and eats and drinks judgment on himself. So you've been listening to Pray First, the Acts Method here on Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Pastor Doyle, that really is an important message. Yeah, it's great. I, I love the I love the verse in Acts where it talks about how they prayed and the place where they were meeting was shaken. Yeah. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word boldly. See, I think that prayer is important because when you're close to God, you have greater confidence. And when you've been praying, you can... Uh, you can step out in life and you can live differently. And so that's why we've been talking about uh, this whole importance of getting your prayer life going. And we've been talking about the Acts method. And uh, I just know myself, I need prayer to strengthen me, to encourage me, to help me uh, fulfill God's purpose in my life and and to do all that. That's why I like this. And the Acts way is a great way uh, to do it. Again, if you would like some help with that, if you'd like a little more information on the uh, Acts method, we have a free resource for you. You can get it at doylejackson.com. Just navigate over there in your browser. Give us your email. We will send you that resource. You will be on your way to praying the Acts method. Yeah, and if you want to, join us this weekend at church. Come to the church next door. Be here with us. And uh, hey, we'll even pray with you after the service if you'll come down and say hello. We would love to see you. The Lord would love you to worship with us. So we hope you make that happen soon. Come on down to the church next door and come back uh, soon for another episode of Your Next Step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. 
Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.